You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Welcome back, everyone, to the Sprott Money News Weekly Update coming at you on a Thursday this week as tomorrow is a market holiday in the U.S., so joining us for our weekly wrap-up one day ahead of schedule is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Greg, good morning. Uh, tough week so far, but uh, lots of uh, good things to talk about. You know, we've been uh, feeling like we've been dodging bullets for the last couple of weeks. You and I have been looking at the bank positioning and the growing open interest really since the uh, middle of February. And to me, it look, looks like that's all finally starting to play itself out. Is that what you think is behind the sell-off here this week? Well, you know, we always have this uh, wash, rinse, and repeat cycle. And as you have pointed out in your own website, the, the shorts, the commercial shorts have become massive here. And uh, you can always tell by the way gold goes down, who's doing what to whom. It's, you know, it's when it falls 10 bucks in like two minutes or mm-hmm. there's some huge offering and it just plunges. And you know that that's not a bona fide seller out there. Nobody would do that who's trying to make money. But someone who's trying to knock the price down would do that. Um, and I put most of what's happened this week in particular yesterday when gold fell, call it $29, to the options expiry, which happens on Monday. And of course, uh, gold and silver have a great rallies here. So you know that the average, uh, the, the point they call max pain, i.e. where the bank's customers lose the most money and the banks make the most money, is nowhere near, you know, $16 on silver or near, uh, uh, 1270 on gold, so they had to get it down to to make the puts and calls uh, go to the money. And I'm not sure what that level is, but I suspect it's around 1220 or a little less on gold. Uh, probably around uh, 15 or so, 1520 on silver. And I just think it's overt manipulation. Make the options valueless. Uh, let's get going again. And I fully expect that uh, because we have a holiday tomorrow, they had to get the job done yesterday um and come monday when uh, things expire and uh we get to start the cycle right i expect quite frankly that gold and silver will go up i still think that with the physicalness of gold and silver and all the data points we see uh there's a huge concern that these commercials just could be overrun with their short positions particularly in silver i mean they just can't even imagine being short 800 million ounces of silver uh, which is about the annual production. And as you know, most annual production doesn't go into investment anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are mostly theoretically investors shorting this up all commercial banks, of course. So I'm still very hopeful that, um, that the, the physical buyers will, will overwhelm the, uh, the, uh, paper uh, sellers. Well, actually, and to that end, I wanted to uh, draw your attention to something written by a friend of both of ours uh, yesterday, Steve San Angelo. And he was pointing out that the latest statistics show that silver mine supply or what silver's produced in 2015 actually fell for the first time in years versus 2014, though demand is rising rapidly. In fact, U.S. and India combined imported between the two of them over half of global mine supply. Uh, do you think some of those fundamentals might start showing up in the paper markets? <laughs> it's, it's quite frankly... It's- it's sort of ridiculous, right? I mean, the, when I first saw the Indian import number for December, which was over a thousand tons of silver in the twenty-seven thousand ton market, I mean, I thought, my God, if they continue at this rate, they're going to buy half the silver that's produced. When back uh, three years ago they bought less than ten percent, well, how can somebody go 
from buying 10% to 40% over a three-year period, and the price go down. And uh, with all the um, shenanigans going on in India where they keep trying to suppress the gold purchases, you know, maybe people are turning to silver. Well, the, the amount of money they put in gold, my, my goodness, if they had to put it in silver, they had to buy all the silver produced. And it, it's also, I mean, Steve does great work and uh, likes looking at the, the physical movement of gold and silver, and, and he's pointed out uh, quite significantly that the U.S. imports of gold as silver have gone up dramatically this year, which is uh, somewhat stunning because it can't be for a manufacturing purpose because manufacturing is going nowhere. So it must be for investment purposes. Investment in silver is not a big part of the silver market. I mean, maybe it's somewhere between uh, 20 and 30% of the whole silver market. Most of it's industrial. So to see these kinds of changes on such a macro basis, both in the States and in India, makes you wonder where is this silver coming from? And obviously it's coming from somewhere. I was reading an article recently that, you know, in the invaded Libya, they were trying to create the gold dinar, and that's probably one of the reasons they had to bump off Gaddafi. Yep. They also apparently had a, a great supply of silver, too. So maybe that's been a, a feature of uh, where some of the supply is coming from. And to your comment about declining production last year, the expectations of this year are another decline. And I think I've seen numbers like a 9% decline. Well, you know, the industrial uses look like they're holding up. So that means that the investment demand as sort of the marginal factor has to come down, but it's not coming down. So I'm still expecting very big things from silver this year, as of course I also expect from gold. But silver is the one that I think the commercials are way shorter than um, than they should be vis-a-vis the market. And, and if, if they get caught offside here, it could be very dramatic. And at least, if anything, given the potential downside in just about anything else you could invest in, from stocks to bonds to you name it, it doesn't seem to be there's a lot of potential downside in silver from $15.20. No, I think at the risk-reward, you know, some people are calling for some big silver prices this year. I think it's, and many people have called it, you know, one of the great trade of 2016, or the potential great trade of 2016, and I guess I would include myself in that camp, that we could see a stunning increase in silver very, very readily with the, the supply-demand, physical supply-demand numbers we're looking at. And of course, the silver stocks could even be more dramatic, and uh, maybe the, this quick 80% rise in the uh, precious metal stocks we've seen is just just a forewarning of what's to come for the rest of the year. So I'm I remain quite optimistic. I've been a buyer, actually, of uh, some silver options, which I I said I'd never do because you know, I was trying to mess around with you when you buy them. But I just think that the uh, the tightness is going to manifest itself here, so it should be should be smooth sailing. Uh, exit commercials, and, and I, I think we'll win the contest this year against the commercials. Speaking of, uh, uh, I guess things that have changed dramatically in 2016. We're seeing these massive inflows into the precious metals ETFs. We, you and I talk about this almost every week. Last week alone, the GLD saw something like 24 metric tons. Uh, given your position in this market and, and how you run uh, precious metals funds yourself, maybe I'd like to ask you, and maybe there's a way you can explain to folks how this, how this works. Because, you know, we see 12 metric tons in a day allegedly coming into the GLD or, you know, 11 metric tons the next day, 170 metric tons here to date. 
do they really take possession on a certain day or are they just simply buying a paper contract for future delivery? Do you, do you have any insight as to how the machination of that actually works? Well, Craig, when I look at uh, sort of the evidence of uh, gold going in ETF so far this year, which is almost 300 tons, which is 100 tons a month, and I've expressed this before, I mean, if you kept that rate up and you had a 1,200-ton change in ETFs this year in a 4,000-ton market versus the 138 they lost last year, well, other things being equal, how could you get that? How can you move in and take uh, 30% of a market other things being equal, and the price not go up. Mm-hmm. So I am very suspicious that, um, you know, in all trades, even when I actually bought some silver this week, and, of course, I asked my trader, uh, well, I want to know when I receive that silver, because it's one thing for the dealer to say, yes, you own it. It's another thing to deliver it. And I think when GLD announces that they're, inventories are go up. I think it's a contract thing they're going up, but they may not yet have received it. But it, theoretically, it's a bona fide contract. Or as we'll find mm-hmm. out later, it may not be a bona fide contract if he doesn't literally receive the, the precious metal. So I'm a little dubious that you can find that size of movement in gold in such short, in such short order uh, of, of, of the kind of dimension we're talking about. So I'm a little reluctant to think that they actually are receiving the gold. they got a contract saying they have the gold, but they may not have the gold. It would almost make it seem like then they, it would benefit perhaps the uh, party on the side that is going that is supposed to deliver that gold at some point in the future. It would almost benefit them if they could somehow shake the price out and then force some redemptions out of the GLD and then never have to deliver that gold. Yeah, that's the uh, 2013 drill all over again, right, where they just knocked the place down. And, of course, all the participants redeemed the shares of GLD and took the gold. <laughs> and I think I think there was a shortage in 2013, and they they uh, covered it up by, one, draining the GLD, two, uh, having India not import much gold, and that's how they got through it. Um, and, and maybe they'll try the same thing, but I think there's, there's lots of people who turn positive on gold here. I mean, again, the Munich rebuying gold was just so stunning, mm-hmm. that announcement last week. And if other people see that, other institutions see that, they're all going to be wondering, well, maybe we should be buying gold too. And um, if you ever had the, the institutions on a business basis wanting to own gold instead of cash, oh my goodness, the shortage would just be phenomenal. And then that certainly could manifest itself this, this year with all these negative interest rates, the bail-in, the bail-in uh, um, the leg- legislation. And, you know, there's lots of reasons, and I've always been a big big believer, there's reasons not to have things in banks. Um, so you, you, if you can, one, get your money out of the bank, that's, that's a risky investment anyway, and two, put it in the gold, which is a good investment, I think that's a smart thing to do. And it's, thank God, you know, we figured that out. Not only did you take gold out of the bank, they took money out of the bank. So... I think that's a bit of a statement as to how the the mood is kind of shifting around in terms of where, what assets you should have and where you should have those assets. And as we move toward the holiday weekend and then a full week next week, we're going to start having a, the excitement again with the employment report and all the other job owning that will certainly be coming out of Fed officials. But as you mentioned, we've got option expiration next week. We've got the April contract going off the board. Uh, would you expect 
I just more sideways to down action as we head toward next Friday, or do you really have an opinion at this point? Well, we're always trying to, to uh, well, first of all, for options, that's a simple one. Gets your, there's a there's a max paying price that I get it to, because then they just get the flush, the cash off the table, right? Mm-hmm. And the money's already there. They, they, all they got to do is get it to a certain price when no one exercises, they take all the premium. So that, that should be overcome Monday. Um, the open interest is very, very significant. Uh, in the April contract in gold. And um, I'm sure they'd like to flush it down because if there's a lot of people standing for delivery, that's when things could explode. So, you know, we have two pretty significant forces here. We have sort of the investment community kind of being pro-gold and the the guys in the the pits who be on paper being anti-gold. And I suspect that uh, our forces are gaining strength here, notwithstanding what happened yesterday. It's just one day, but... Uh, I think they're gaining strength, and uh, it'll be really interesting for us to, well, I guess we won't have the cut numbers uh, next week until uh, Friday afternoon, but that's going to be a very interesting report to see who stands in there and whether they they uh, force the commercials to deliver against their paper, uh, paper offerings. Well, one way or the other, you and I are going to stand in there, Eric, for crying out loud. <laughs> Well, Craig, I was saying just before we chatted this, you know, it's one of those weeks when we haven't done that well, and there haven't been that many this uh, uh, this year so far. But uh, I, I still believe that all the factors are working in our favor here, other than the commercials, of course. Um, and I'm, we're going to win the day. We're going to, and I think when we win the day, we're going to win it big here. If all of a sudden there's a there's a default on Comex, I mean, you could just kiss the whole thing goodbye. Plus, the stock market looks like the rally might be fading here. We could have a kind of a sudden drop, which would bring people back again into uh, the hard assets. So uh, I think we're, we're in a pretty good setup here. Well, we'll see where we stand next week. Eric, thank you for your time again this morning. I want to wish you a uh, happy Easter weekend. Okay, Greg. All the best to you, too. Look forward to next week. And from everybody here at Sprott Money... A happy Easter weekend to everybody listening. Thank you for listening, and we'll visit again next week. 